Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, as always, we want to start off the episode by giving a quick shout out to our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It is their economic development grants that uh, help pay for these shows. Um, and I, I, I got to tell everybody one more time about uh, our December 19th Procrastinators Holiday Market. And that will be uh, at 680 Rhode Island Avenue in the uh, in the parking lot back behind Mount Calvary Church. Uh, we are so excited about this, you guys. We've got a terrific lineup of vendors. We've got live music. Santa will be there. Come on now. Uh, and uh, it'll be in a big heated tent, so uh, you won't be... Uh, I think the weather is actually supposed to be in the 40s that day. So just get in the holiday spirit. Come to your last-minute shopping um, December 19th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., 680 Rhode Island Avenue, Northeast. And that is the holiday, the Procrastinators Holiday Market. So we'll see you then. Uh, Michelle is not with us today, I'm sorry to say. Uh, so you're going to have to listen to me do all the interviews today. Um but we are uh, we're joined by a couple of great guests, and our first guest today is Merrill Hooker. Uh, Merrill is a strategist, a consultant, and a speaker who helps small independent businesses operate better. Uh, she helps them to be more organized and to continue to grow. Through uh, sales, operations, and financial analysis, she helps business owners explore options to determine the best course of action and implement strategies through times of transition, change, growth, or the closing of a business, but we're not going to talk about that last part. <laughs> um, Meryl, you also work with clients to understand the whys of what is and it isn't happening, making informed decisions, create and implement action plans, uh, proven insightful customer info, customer focused strategies, um, helping those businesses to get focused, organized, and helping to hit their goals in record time. Uh, now, I know Meryl has delivered uh, dozens of presentations, uh, webinars, teleclasses, et cetera, to, to a variety of, of organizations and entrepreneurs throughout the U.S. and Canada. Um, she's got nearly 25 years of wholesale, retail, and business operations experience. Um, and Meryl, can't wait to talk to you here. Oh, the privilege is mine. Thank you. So welcome. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Thank you. Um, so... Meryl, you are here today to talk to us about some critical end-of-year steps for businesses. Yes, yes. And and before we get into the, the meat of it, I, I think it's important to understand that the assumption that I'm making with a lot of what we're going to talk about today is that the businesses, the businesses are working on a fiscal year that goes a calendar year. So if your business does not know what your fiscal year is, then you should definitely call me immediately so we can get that <laughs> figured out. Um, but, but everything we're going to talk about today assumes that your business runs on a January to December fiscal year. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, small businesses, uh, they half the time are making things up as they go along. Uh, maybe they don't have a streamlined operations uh, manual or, or program. Um, but the end of the year is here. Taxes are, are going to be uh, pressing down upon everyone, uh, all those end of year deadlines. 
what what are five things a business can do to to prepare for the end of the year okay five things okay so one thing I know for sure is that no matter what size business you have, that ideally your strategic planning starts in August. And again, assuming you're working on a calendar fiscal year or four months before your fiscal year ends. And a lot of people hear strategic planning and they, they freak out. They think it's something that's only for the big boys. And strategic planning is just a fancy way of saying what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and how you're going to do it. And most small and independent businesses, they don't have any kind of a, a formal strategic plan, which is why so many business owners make it up as they go along. They find themselves constantly chasing money. They're constantly chasing customers. They're clamoring every day to figure out how they're going to make it happen. I, um, of course, know nothing about this. No, no, you, of course, do not. And I'm sure many of your listeners do <laughs> not. Uh, I, of course, have no experience with this either. But I've heard that this can happen. Um, and so what... You know what a what a strategic plan does is it gives you a roadmap for what you're going to what you're going to work on when you're going to work on it and how you're going to get things done, and and even though we are in mid December with some hustle, it's still not too late to to finish this year strong and even get a framework in place for what you would like to have it have happen in, in 2016, even if you don't get to put some of those pieces in place until the beginning or middle of January or even early February. You're still in Q1, and depending upon your industry, that, that may actually be kind of a time of rest for you. Mm. So five things you can do. In summary, I would definitely start with your books. Get your books tight. Um, you're going to want to create a big-picture plan for next year. You're going to want to create a marketing plan, and there's a difference between sales and marketing, and we can certainly talk about that. You're going to want to identify internal and operational changes that you want to make or that you need to make, and then you're going to get everything a date. You're going to create a schedule for when these things are going to happen. So those are all really big picture items. Yes. Um, when you say get your books tight, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, everybody wants to get their books tight, but what, how, how are they going to go about doing that? What does that really mean? Yeah, what does All that right. Mean? Um, well, if your money is funny and any business owner who's had financial struggles or concerns is going to understand the importance of knowing how much money you have in the bank, how much money is owed to you and how much money you owe. So part of getting your books tight for the end of the year is really making sure that your bookkeeping and your accounting is up to date. All of us know about the dirty little secret that the shoebox of receipts that you stuff under your desk or you put in a drawer or you hide in the closet. But the reality is that April 15th is coming and getting ahead of that now is only going to benefit you as a business, not only as a business, but also just your mental health as a business owner. So, you know, getting that together, if you need to hire a bookkeeper, hire a bookkeeper. There's no shame in asking for help. And if you don't know how to do something, that's okay, too. You're going to want to make sure you get on top of your accounts receivable to increase your cash flow now, especially if you're starting to feel the pinch of that. And one of the secrets I always give my clients is to use a phone call to work on those collections instead of sending an email. Asking people for money is uncomfortable. I get that. But you know, position yourself for success on that. Most businesses get hundreds of emails every day, but they only get a couple dozen phone calls. So statistically, you've got a better chance of getting results if you pick up the phone instead of having your email get right, lost. Right, we right, all know right. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Don't pretend you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so 
getting on top of those receivables is important. Making sure your bookkeeping is, is up to date and make sure that your bills are paid. And if you get behind, we all get behind. Get on a payment plan to get those past dues caught up, especially if it involves ta- if it involves taxes or liens against your business. Mm, important. Don't don't bury your head in the sand. And um, so, for Rhode Island Avenue Main Street businesses that are listening, just you know, gotta put in the plug for us here that we've we've got resources to help. If you um, if you find yourself uh, in a in a pinch needing uh, some help getting your books in order give a, give us a shout cuz we've probably got someone that we can we can point in your direction and and help offset the cost of of getting your books organized for your for your end of fiscal year. Well, and Kyle, one of the things that you and I both know from the small businesses that you work with through your technical assistance program and that I work with on my one-on-one client work is that avoiding your financial issues, whether they're good, bad, or otherwise, only results in bad things. Right. It's not going to get better. It's like, it's like a, it's like a cavity in your teeth. It is not going to heal itself. Despite our best efforts. Despite our best efforts. That's right. So ask for help if you need it. Get your books tight. Um, okay. Uh, creating a big picture plan for next year. Again, that is a big, broad, general topic. Mm -hmm. So, so what does that look like? One of my favorite stories about this, I was working with a client and, and I asked him, so what, what do you want your, your next year to look like? And he said, I want to do big things. Cause that's not specific. And I was like, great. Like what? (laughs) And he says, you know, things. Things and stuff. <laughs> so, when it, you know, what a big picture plan really, really looks like is what are you going to do and when are you going to do it? it? It's an extension. It's, it's drilling down in that strategic plan idea. You know, get one of those big write-on wipe-off calendars from, from Staples. Print it out on your computer, whatever methodology works for you. And go through the calendar and, and put down holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put down industry specific events or industry specific uh, dates that are that are going to be significant for you. Right. Um, what what holidays do does your business need to be aware of? If you're going to do a President's Day sale, you kind of need to know when President's Day is <laughs> in advance. Yeah, well in advance. Not just when you flip the calendar for February. It's a surprise. Um, as a business owner, the f- one of the first things that falls to the very bottom of the list is taking care of ourselves. So when are you as an owner going to take time off? Mm. Whether it's a long weekend, whether it's a vacation, however it is, schedule it in advance. So it's it becomes almost a sacred contract with yourself that you're going to take three-day weekends in September or however you set it up, whatever makes sense for your business, but go ahead and get that scheduled. You know, are there industry events that you need to be aware of and, and maybe participate in? Is there a conference? Is there professional development? Trade shows. Trade shows. Exactly. Um, if you're one of the many amazing food entrepreneurs in, in Washington right now, you know, when is the fancy food show? That might be something you want to check out. Right. Make the arrangements to participate in those events. Get it taken care of now to avoid that last minute rush. And you know what those expedited fees look like. <laughs> so go ahead and, and make those arrangements. Get all of that together. It's also going to help you then structure your time and your other tasks going forward because you, you've you already marked off those dates. And, and you kind of have to make them sacred. I, I mean, I, I understand that we all understand that, that things happen. Mm-hmm. And you may not be able to take that three-day weekend. But if it's already on your calendar, 
it, you're going to think twice about not taking it. Yes. And, and one of the things that I know, and I see this all the time in my business and certainly in the businesses that I work with, is if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. Right. Someday is not a day on a calendar. Someday is not a day on the calendar. Well, that's pretty good. That it, Let's should. put that on a T-shirt. Can we can we get your <laughs> your merchandising people in on that? Yes, yes. <laughs> and if you steal it, I'll sue you. I'm copywriting it right now. Oh, <laughs> playing a little hardball. Okay, <laughs> moving right along. Um, one of your other very big picture topics was creating a marketing plan. Mm. And yeah, uh, boy, that's that's not simple. Yeah, I just heard clicks. I just heard the 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 application closing on <laughs> on iPhones across the world. Once we heard uh, <laughs> marketing and sales, oop, no, we're done. We're not talking about this anymore. Click, click, click. Um, marketing is not scary, right? People think that marketing is the same as sales, and marketing and sales are different. And this is really important. So write this down, unless you're driving in your car. Marketing is how you get known. Sales is how you get paid. Mm. They are not the same. They are two very, very distinct things. Now, they are certainly related, and there is some overlap, but the way you approach your marketing program is very different than the way you approach your sales program. So, you know, what, what are we really looking at when we're talking about a marketing plan? What we're talking about is what kind of promotions are you going to run in the next year? The ones that you've already put on the calendar. Possibly. You, you know what President's Day is. Right, right. And if that's if that's relevant for your organization, then then absolutely. If it isn't, then pick something else. Um, and maybe you don't know what those promotions are, and that's okay. So think about think about what kind of new services you're going to be offering. And then think about how you're going to tell your existing customers about those. Notice I didn't sell how didn't say how you're going to sell your existing customers on those. I asked how are you going to tell your existing customers? And then how are you going to tell your prospective customers about these new services or about this promotion you have going on or about a new product that you're bringing in or or changes in in your organization? Right. You know what how are you going to do that? And if you don't know, that's okay, but at least you know that this is something that you've got to get more information about possibly using um, an outside source like we just talked about. You're also going to want to take a look at what your website looks like. And and I know a lot of people get really, really cagey around websites. And I'm not talking about a big overhaul. I'm talking about does your website answer basic questions about your business? Yes. Where are you located? How do I get in touch with you? And what do you do? And, and i got to tell you, Meryl, this is, this is something that I push over and over and over again, particularly for businesses uh, here in our area, we've got so many hidden gems of businesses that have been uh, doing a a successful business for 20, 30 years. Um, They have no plans to retire anytime soon. Uh, But as, as their old customers move out or, or um, you go retire in Boca with, with the kids or whatever the case may be, um, and new folks are moving in, how are they going to get to know mm-hmm. you as a business? Because all the kids, all these kids, all these kids today, uh, if you don't exist on the, on the web or on their, on their smartphone somewhere, mm-hmm. you just don't exist. Well, and, and that is such a good point. We've, whether we like it or not, you don't have to like the fact that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snap, Snapchat, Periscope, Pinterest, you don't have to like the fact that all of those social virtual platforms are dominating how we get exposed to things. You don't have to like it. 
but you have to participate in it. It's just a fact of life. It is non-negotiable if you want to grow, if you want to sustain and grow your business. Just like 30 years ago, you had to have an ad in the Yellow Pages. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Though the Yellow Pages had a little less fluff on it, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> so when you, as, let's get back to the marketing plan. <laughs> so let's stay in the lane today. So, you know, when it comes to creating your marketing plan, you are going to want to look at your website. You are going to want to take some time to really think about how are you utilizing social platforms? Are you utilizing social platforms? And how can you start to play in that game? Um, the way that businesses engage with social could be its own conversation. So we're not going to get into the weeds about that today. But suffice it to say that the platform you choose and the way you engage, right, it's don't do social, be social, that that, that can be a really, really significant part of how you um, how you develop and roll out your marketing you're getting to know you activities right. going into the new year. So I know uh, there's some great examples of, of businesses here in this area that use social media. They don't just do it. Um, and, you know, first thing that comes to mind is um, Zeke's Coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've run hidden specials on Twitter. Um, you know, use, use this passcode um, to come get a, a, a special holiday drink. Uh, before before it's announced to the rest of the world, things like that. Um, I think I think social media is just a really powerful marketing tool um, that that people regularly underestimate. Absolutely, it's also free. Free indeed. That everybody can even, afford free. Everybody and everybody's got one of these phones in their hands. Everybody's accessing it, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't get much better than free. Okay. Uh, so your next big topic, identify the internal and operational changes you will make. Right, right. And this is where a lot of people get into overwhelm, almost more so than when it comes to marketing. And what what the the internal and or operational changes, that really involves what happens within the four walls of your business. It's like a New Year's resolution for your business. It is. It, that's exactly what a strategic plan is, and especially this piece in particular. And whether you work out of a shared space or whether you work out of a traditional office, really taking a look at what is happening internally with your business is, is incredibly powerful. Because lots of us have components of our businesses that are working really, really well. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, <laughs> right? You don't have to overhaul everything. Right. But we also all, I've heard, have elements of our businesses that need to be updated. They need to be changed. Or in some cases, they need to just be eliminated. And this is a really good time to look back over the success that you've had over the last 12 months, the last 24 months, the last 36 months, and really see what is working in your business and then maybe what needs to be tweaked or eliminated. Um, maybe you need to hire more people. Maybe you need to fire some people. And these are not easy decisions to make. But being aware of your of the strengths and the weaknesses, it's a basic SWOT analysis, right? Your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and um, and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember what that is. Right I know, now. I know. My point is that being, you know, maybe you need to hire people. Maybe you need to to help people make some other career decisions. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's really time to outsource some of your operations. If you are perpetually drowning in your bookkeeping, then hire a bookkeeper. Yeah. Don't yeah. struggle. Stop the struggle. And this this particular um, 
this particular aspect of this five things we need to to do um, sounds like something that would be really it would be really beneficial for uh, a business owner to have some outside someone from the outside looking in almost like a facilitator absolutely it, it's hard to be the picture when you're the frame so one of the great things about the Main Street programs in, in Washington, and, and obviously Rhode Island Avenue Main Street is part of that, is the, the technical assistance that you are positioned to offer up for low or no cost. Why, thank you for that plug. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but if you don't live in the, in the Main Street corridor, the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street corridor, there are, there are eight or nine other Main Street programs in the city in different neighborhoods that also have technical assistance available. And then there's also the Greater Washington Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Um, I think they're a sponsor of of this program. Um, So there are, there are options available uh, if, if, if there are financial concerns, if you don't have financial concerns and you just need a referral, I'm sure that all these organizations can do that too. The point is don't drown if you don't have to. And if you, if you are positioned, if you are ready to, to bring in some extra help, that's fantastic. Um, doing, having somebody come in and do a business assessment can be incredibly powerful for a business. Um, it can really help shine the light on what you're doing really, really well and some things that maybe need to get worked on. Cause you know, we all get into, we all get into routines and we all get into systems and it's a very, very slippery slope from groove to rut to grave mm. and making sure you stay in that groove level. It's okay to get some outside support on that. You know, and, and those, the, the internal, um, the internal assessment, it can be something as simple as, you know, that, that smear that you have on the wall when you were moving in and the box scraped the paint, go ahead and scrub that off. I mean, it it can really be something that basic of what does my physical environment look like? Do I need a new chair? You've been in my office. (laughs) I can, you've you've seen the smear on the wall. I can, I can, uh, I can't confirm or deny that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, so Last but not least, give everything a date. Yes, yes. This is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite strategies. And it's also the one that most people are most resistant to. Because what it does is it creates a contract. If it isn't scheduled, it doesn't get done. Mm. And how many of us have set New Year's resolutions? We're all gung-ho for the first 13 and a half days. We're going to do big things. We're going to do big things and great stuff. But by, you know, January 20th, we don't even remember what the resolution was. And so one of the the cool parts about assigning dates to the things you want to get done is you know when it's going to happen. And you can put it on the calendar. You can put it on your big fat calendar. That's right. And it also allows you to track your progress as you move through these different areas. And it allows you to course correct if you need to, right? Because we all know stuff happens. You get a great, you get a new contract. You, you end up opening a second location because the perfect opportunity happened. You know, that, that's okay. We can make allotments, allowances for that, but you can't get upset about not reaching a destination that you never committed to getting to. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the first thing you do when you put up, when you open up your GPS, the first question is, where do you want to go? Right. So you've got to be able to answer that question. And, and having those dates on there also allows you to, um, to create these benchmarks. I want to be at point X by date Y. It just allows you to create a framework that you're working in. So, so not only uh, would you recommend not only putting in the date you want to have something accomplished by, but working backwards from that sort of project manage it out. Like, well, I, I want to, 
I want to do big things by February 1, which means I need to do some smaller versions of the big thing by January 15. That's right. That's right. And and I don't know about you. I mean, I, of course, never did this. But when you're looking at a big project, it's so, so easy. And maybe you've seen the, the illustration of of the deadline timeline where it's three quarters of the line is procrastination, procrastination, procrastination. (laughs) And the last 25% is panic. (laughs) Right. What we're trying to do is, is uh, flip that. So it's work, 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 procrastinate. (laughs) Um, So absolutely. I mean, you, you want to start with whatever your big goal is and then you're going to break it down into smaller steps. And, and that's an entire I mean, we could do an entire conversation of just how to set really smart, manageable, attainable, timely kinds of goals. All right. So to recap, uh, your your top five tips. My top five tips for finishing 2015 strong. Here we go. Get ready to write them down, boys and girls. Get your books tight. Get on top of your bookkeeping. If you need help, get help. Right. You're going to want to create a big picture plan for next year. What are you going to do? When are you going to do it? You're going to want to really look at how, you, how you're going to get known next year. That's your marketing plan. How are you going to continue to communicate with your existing customers? And how are you going to get in front of your prospective customers? What does your website look like? What's your social presence look like? You're going to want to look at internal and operational changes. Hiring, firing, outsourcing. Maybe you need to paint that wall. And there are lots of low and no-cost options available for businesses in the District of Columbia and probably in, in jurisdictions across the country. And then finally, you're going to want to create a schedule. Give everything a date so you know what you're working on. The daily craziness of what am I doing today is eliminated, and you're really able to focus on what you do best, which is running your business and serving your customers. Excellent. Excellent. So, um Meryl, I know that you have a huge social media presence, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Facebook, Twitter, my website, yes. You're all out there. Can, I'm all over the place. How can people find you? Um, the, the easiest way to get a hold of me is just, quite frankly, to send me an email. All right. And my email address is Meryl, M-E-R-Y-L, at MerylHooker.com, M-E-R-Y-L-H-O-O-K-E-R.com. There you have it, folks. Um, so thank you very much, Meryl, for being here. Oh, it's um, my privilege. It, these, are, these are great tips. Um, I, don't, I think that people can zero in and make these work very, very easily for their businesses if they just don't let it overwhelm them, right? That's right. And if all five, is, if all five are too many, then just pick one and go big and go home. <laughs> there you have it. I think that's another T-shirt slogan somewhere. I think so, too. All right. Well, thank you, Meryl, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you. All right. Welcome back. Uh, now we are joined by Catherine Cote of the Baker's Lounge. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Catherine, um, I am a huge fan of the Baker's Lounge. It is no secret. Uh, I've had to buy bigger pants and belts because of the Baker's Lounge. Uh, so I'm sort of mixed feelings about about your success. But no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Um, so you've been open uh, at 12th and Eve Arts for about six months now, right? About that, yes. Yes. Um, and 
the Baker's Lounge is, uh, in your words to me earlier, a proper British bakery. Yes, it is. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what does that mean exactly? Um, the Brits are known for puddings and desserts. And pudding in England is completely different to pudding in the U.S. We're not talking about J-E-L-L-O. No. Okay. So pudding to us in England are basically um, the same consistency of a cake, but instead of being baked, it is steamed. Ooh. So it's a cake that's steamed. So we have things like ginger pudding. You know, we also do bread and butter pudding, um, sticky toffee pudding, which I think most Americans actually know. So it's, that's the type of things. And then we also do cupcakes, but we don't call them cupcakes. They're called fairy cakes. Fairy cakes. Hey. And, um, and I guess, but now the trend that is taken off in the U.S. is also taken off in the U.K. And they call them cupcakes. But when I was a child, they were known as fairy cakes. <laughs> don't ask me why. Uh, well, because they're a cake just for the size of a fairy. I guess so. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Yes. Um, and also we, yeah, we like sweet things. And so I tend to do more the things that I grew up liking, like the Victoria sandwich sponge, which everybody has actually, Brooklyn loves it. And, um, the mini chocolate cake. So yeah. And then I do a small selection of cupcakes cause there are children in the community and there are adults that like their cupcakes. So. Oh, I know many adults that love their <laughs> cupcakes, uh, are, our previous guest, Meryl, is uh, a little obsessed with cupcakes, but we're not going to put you on the spot about that, Meryl. <laughs> uh, so how did, you, how did you get started? I grew up in a bakery. My grandmother was a renowned baker and caterer. And as a child, I actually walked around in the bakery with a Nancy Drew book in my hand, <laughs> tasting all the things that were fresh out the oven. And it's funny because... Um, and this was over in yes, England. Yes, in England. And it's funny because they thought I would never be a good cook. You know, they used to make fun of me and say, well, you see the crystal things and you don't know if it's salt or sugar. And you probably will put sugar in a something <laughs> that needs salt. And, you know, your husband will send you back to us because you messed up the recipe. <laughs> Little did they know I was taking in everything, even though I had a Nancy Drew in my hand. I was actually taking everything that was going into those um, various baked items that they used to make. And so most of the recipes are basically the ones my grandma had. And mm. I've just um, played with them as we've gone along because times are completely different now to when she was a baker. They And also cake making and decorating is a lot easier now than it used to be when she used to bake because she handpiped everything with fine, intricate details which now you have, you know, molds and things that you can just put your fondant cakes Play-Doh into and cut the shapes out, which mm. she would spend hours doing before. It's yes. not the same anymore. So, um, yeah, I grew up in the bakery and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Those are the best years of my life. And um, it turns out every time when I would, I, I just baked the cakes initially for fun. I made desserts. And gave them away to people and would go to family or friends' events and I would give these things away. And people started saying, well, perhaps you need to, you know, take this a little serious and not give it away and turn it into a business. And so that's how it actually started. And um, the initial name was actually 45 Fort Street, which was the home that, that the bakery was, you know, at. 
And um, it was just in talking about, you know, spicy, as I was explaining to a friend, I said, you know, growing up, I used to smell all these different spices, cinnamon, Mm. nutmegs, you know, all the different flavors all coming together. And everybody's moving about all these different bakers moving in and out, you know, doing various different things and making it all come together. And my friend said, you know, I think you should change the name to the Baker's Lounge. Mm. And there you have it. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And basically, the Baker's Lounge, if you notice, the comma is actually after the S. So it's multiple bakers under one roof right. coming together and making things happen. Right, right. You know, yes. Uh, so the Baker's Lounge is located at uh, 2701 12th Street. Street. That's uh, correct. Right at the corner of 12th and Evarts. Mm-hmm. Um so you're not just baking. No. Uh, you've got you've got more stuff going on there. Yes, I do. Um we're still we're still waiting on coffee. However, I'm doing tea. So yes. the afternoon tea service has actually started. Excellent. And with that you get an option like three or four flavors of teas to actually choose from. And um a tea caddy full of delightful desserts and (laughs) sandwiches and savory pastries as well. We actually had our first tea service um, two weeks ago, and it was for a baby shower, and they thoroughly loved it. Oh, I bet. All the ladies thought they were um, part of the Downton Abbey um, (laughs) crew, and I had to tell them that, you know, that was the Victorian times, and things aren't that way in the UK <laughs> at this 21st century. Don't burst their bubbles. I, I know. I tried not to, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> so, uh, so how if you want to sign up, if, how how does one go about arranging for a high tea service? Okay, tea service? so uh, After- from, is it high tea or afternoon? It's tea? afternoon tea because uh, you know high tea is at, it's at four, so it's best to just call it afternoon tea. There's a difference <laughs> in the two. Um, at the moment, the bakery is open Tuesday through to Saturday from four till eight. And on Saturday, we stay till nine. And you can actually, the, we've kept the Sundays for the tea service. So if you have a group of people and you want to come to tea and you want to host it on Sunday, um, you just need to let us know at least 48 hours prior to whatever you haven't done. And um, we make it happen on Sunday, although we can also do it on Saturday. So it's not a you don't necessarily need to have an event to actually do the tea service. If you just wanted to come in and have that whole tea service, you can on the weekends. It's so, best to do so it. one person can come in. And one person tea. can come in and have it on a weekend, you know, Saturday or Sunday. Those will be the only time. I mean, Sundays are for if you're having events. But on Saturday, if a one if one person comes in they're more than welcome to say, hey, I'd like to do the tea service and we'll be more than happy to oblige. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and you do wedding cakes? I've seen on your Facebook page yes. beautiful wedding cakes. Yes. I We do cakes for all events, birthdays, weddings, christenings, what have you. Um, I enjoy making the cakes you know, tremendously and decorating them. I basically just encourage people to, when they have an event, to search the, you know, the internet to see what type of designs they like and send that design to me. And we would always, you know, either replicate the same thing or come up with something that's quite similar. Um, For the weddings, we ask that you 
obviously it's a booked, it's an appointment, it's on an appointment basis, so you'll have to call, let us know, then we make an appointment, and what happens is you get a choice of five flavours, and you choose three, depending on how big your wedding is and how many tears you're hoping to have and things like that, and then we go from there. Nice. Yes. Nice. Uh, So... I've I've been trying to avoid bringing this up, uh, and I can't stand it any longer. You walked in here with a box oh, yes, I of did. things, mm-hmm. um, and thank goodness this is not actually a video uh, broadcast because the I'm drooling. I, I'll just say it: I'm drooling. Um, why don't you walk us through what you brought? You have a fruit cake in that box. A fruit cake? What a traditional holiday thing! Yes, it is. So. Uh, I just, I have to look at it. I just have to look at it. Okay. So while I'm uh, looking at this, and I'll I'll give you all the play-by-play, the unboxing here in a minute. uh, (laughs) So... Uh, fruitcake is a traditional holiday dessert. Mm-hmm. So what do you got going for the for the winter holidays here? Um, I'm doing lots of ginger snaps because I'm trying to keep with the tradition of the U.S. and the different flavors with the tradition. And um, also I'm doing the, the ginger pudding, which is a steam pudding. I actually made them into cupcakes. Mm. So I have those at the moment. Um, there's a chocolate and mint and chocolate stop. with Just chocolate stop. with mint. Oh yes, uh, chocolate with caramel toffee. Oh my god! And of course, the Victoria sandwich has to be all year round. I also do these things called um, frangipanis. Some people know them, and some mm-hmm. don't. Um, I do a blueberry and uh, um, a pear flavor at the moment, and um, it's basically a pastry with almond almond cream that mm-hmm. I make myself with the blueberries in them. They are so delightful. Yes, I've had those before. <laughs> They're spectacular. Yes. yes, they are. So that's what I'm making. Um, I'll be doing some cookies and we'll be doing some Christmas cake balls so people can come in and get, you know, various things. And also, um, people can order specialty items if they want to get some special things made. They just need to at least give me 24 to 48 hours notice. Figgy pudding? Yes. Well, it's kind of late for that because um, with pudding, you have to have almost made it nearly a year ahead of time. Really? Yes. Really? Because it has to have a happy marriage. All the fruits and the raisins and the nuts and the alcohol has to come together so that on Christmas Day, when you actually um, put it on the table, it has... It's such a good taste. It's lots of flavors. But people that probably don't like raisins and things like that might not appreciate it. But normally, traditionally, when you make figure pudding or Christmas pudding, as we call it, it's made a whole year in advance. Wow. So so, so people can order it now for next year? For next year. year, yes, they can. I would like to place an order for that right now. Oh, that's fine, Kyle. You know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yes. So I have opened up this fruitcake, and it smells amazing. Smells amazing. This is not, folks. This is not your average um, brick of a fruitcake. This is amazing looking. Uh, So tell me, tell me what all is in this? Raisins, currants, orange peel, lemon peel, nuts. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. I just. I'm sorry. I just. (laughs) I just had to have a little piece here. That was fantastic. Brown sugar, currants. 
Sultanas. Sultanas are yellow raisins. Mm -hmm. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but that's what they are, yellow raisins. And so, yeah, that's That's one of my favorite. For me, Christmas dessert is actually my favorite because um, I just love everything about the raisins and the pastries and everything come together. I also do, oh, mince pies. Ah, there you go. I have mince pies, yes. How was was Thanksgiving for you? I saw you were... You were selling pies for Thanksgiving. Yes, what, I did. What did you make for Thanksgiving? Um, I made a caramel pecan pie, which I still am still doing throughout the whole holiday time, and sweet potato pie, and pumpkin pie, and apple pie. Mm. So yes, those people ordered and collected. Well, uh, folks, if you have not stopped by the Baker's Lounge at twenty seven hundred one Twelfth Street Northeast, uh, you got to do it. Is this is a this is a spectacular addition to to the community, um, Catherine? You have a fantastic product here. If people want to find out more um, about what you've got, mm-hmm. you're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and also we have a website, thebakersloungedc.com. Thebakersloungedc.com. Um, they can email me and I'm quick to email back with, you know, maybe a day or two and I can send a menu, what have you. But there is a menu, there are a couple of menus on the Facebook page. Perfect. And you don't need to be a member of Facebook to actually get to the Baker's Lounge page. Right, right. And and there's tons of pictures of your stuff yes. on Facebook and it's beautiful. Thank um, you. So... Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. This is thank, thank you, you for, for having cake. me. Thank um, you. Enjoy. Um, again, Catherine Cote from the Baker's Lounge, twenty seven zero one Twelfth Street Northeast. Um, thank you for stopping in. Uh, you guys go support another wonderful local business here in the neighborhood. Uh, and uh, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you on December nineteenth at the Procrastinators Holiday Market. Thank you. Thank you.